When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You straight up cuckooed that dude, bro. Oh my god. You've got all your charger gear on because I'm feeling fresh as hell. Well, you guys better enjoy it. It's the fans loved it. You have to love what you're seeing on tape if you're a Chargers fan, especially for the future with Justin Herbert. On the move and throws and touchdown. Do this is together. Players, coaches, staff, fans, together, we can create something truly special. Stay tuned for the good content. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Charger Chat. I'm your co-host, Wooldog, sitting with my buddy, Kev Huggin' Duggan. I believe in a thing called love. Just a little bit of my heart. Let's not forget Kyle the Coach Duggan. What's up, guys? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, dude, I always like... Just pummel yeah, just you with start awesome. introing me first. It's Kevin sings <laughs> at the end of every episode. Kevin's got a song in his heart and he wants the world to hear it. Yeah. He can't help himself. Shout it from the mountaintops. Um, <laughs> all right, gang. Well, we've got ourselves a great episode lined up here for you. Lots to talk about as per usual. We've got a game coming up against the Seahawks. We've got an injury report to look at. Uh, we've got awesome segments lined up like Coach's Corner, oh, Craig coach. Experience, Bolt Beat. It's going to be a big one, folks. Get ready. Lock yourself in. Let's start it off at the top. Spend some negative Nancys. <laughs> Circling the field. Yeah. Rounding up the wagons. And uh, really, you know, uh, it's it's making it tough here, folks. I mean, we're the shamelessly positive podcast. That's what we do here. We, we keep it positive. And I feel it rubbing off on a lot of you. Some of you, though, are being uh, pretty stubborn. They're fighting it. They're <laughs> yeah, fighting you guys hard. are fighting it. Just accept uh, it. What I'm curious about Embrace is like, it. the people that are this negative right now, what happens when we lose? Dude, like, like they're, how they're the, dark It's going to be a bunch of like, told you so. We yeah, yeah they're going to get positive all of a sudden. How does that flip? Like, how yeah. does they're, that work? They're going to, they're the people that wanted Marty fired after going 14 and two. It's just, <laughs> there's no way to expunge them from the fan base. Um, I think it's, <laughs> It's just, I don't know, like, you have to get over the, the idea that we have the perfect fan base. It's just non-existent. No team does. I no. was at the game on, on Monday night. We got a good win against a division rival, which is always a close game. Right. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's people being negative about the way that it looked. But there's also guys being kind of jackasses, walking out of the stadium, yelling at, at Denver fans and being obnoxious and... I don't know. It's just like there's no perfect fan base. We have we have right. jackasses just like everyone else. Now we love um, them. We love them. But it, come on, it, it, not really. <laughs> well, he on. doesn't. I, the, I'm okay. Yeah. Here's the thing, folks. It's one thing to be critical. Sure. Absolutely. If you want to be critical, be critical. You know, if you want to say like, "Hey, man, we got to get better at this. They need to tighten this up. This guy needs to get better." Ba ba ba. 
totally fine, totally acceptable. But when you start calling for people's heads, when you start just being like, this guy sucks and fuck him and fuck this organization I, and fuck yeah, you I have, and fuck anybody that thinks otherwise. I have, I, have a, I have a take. I don't know if it's a good take, but it's a take. I think these people are so desperate to be seen as knowing football that the only way to prove that they know football is to criticize and critique everything other people do. Because if they didn't do that, how would you know that they knew anything about football? Right. If they just silently watched and, ah, oh, man, that's a bummer that they did that. I didn't like that play call. If they didn't go on Twitter and talk about how bad the play call was, how would anyone know how genius they were when it comes to football? <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm not kidding. I no, honestly I believe I that there's people that go on Twitter to criticize what's happening so that they can be seen in a certain light so that they're everyone's like oh they're really they're smart ahead of they know it a lot before about football. it happens right. kind of thing yeah i think i think it's just trying people trying to elevate themselves to a certain position that they have no business doing because if they really were then they would be a coach to a certain extent right? well and my point of view on this is like be negative you have absolutely the right to be as negative as you want the, where i have a problem with is when you reply to somebody being positive, somebody posts something and you're negative yeah. on their positive moment, or you quote tweet somebody being positive and you're negative. That's just digging. There's no reason for that. We're That's trying just to trying to bring people here. down with you. Yeah. So if you see somebody being positive, how about, how about this? If somebody being positive, don't say anything to them. Or if you don't have anything, it's like what mom used to say. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything the at golden all. golden rule. You know Just what like I mean? mama it's used like, to it's say. Likewise. It's likewise. It's, it's weird because there's this current rift right now where I don't know where this is coming from. It feels very weird because yeah. I don't remember, like being foreign to, this is amazing. <laughs> that's the that's the wildest yeah, thing about the, this. I, I love part. football. I love the Chargers. I don't care how it gets done. It's going to get done. We can complain about how it gets done. Right. But the fact is, we're foreign too right now. We are. Foreign are you going to complain about how the Super Bowl W looks? But that's what I mean. Like, let's do you. Don't don't listen to us. If right. you're still listening to us now and you're on the fence, like, do you? But just try and not rain on somebody else's parade. I can't wait. And to see likewise, all the comments on this likewise, video. likewise, likewise, <laughs> somebody's being negative and you're being positive and you just swoop in to try and tell them that they're being negative. It works both ways. Just right. leave them alone. Just leave them alone. Yeah, just let them you be negative it, in their own little it, negative it corner. It frustrates you. Take a deep breath. Right. But don't, don't, let's not fuck with each other. Right. There's no reason to do that. Right. We, we need to come together as a fan base. That's, that's the whole thing. That's point. the thing is we're all on the same team. Here, and we're guys. all four and two. Yeah. We're Chargers. We're four and two. Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. It, that's, that's, sorry. That's okay. You, obviously, we wanted to talk about it. You know, we've heard it from Daniel Popper. We've heard it from other fans that like, this is just, it, it's a weird, we're, we're in a weird moment right now where like we're a four and two team, but we're just not happy of how we got to four and two. Yeah. Which again, yeah. if you want to be critical, that there's nothing wrong Do with it. being critical. Absolutely, like, you're right. Show, we uh, have, coaches are being critical of themselves. We have to get better. Yeah, absolutely. 100% get being better. critical too. Right. And, and I think that's one of the great things about Craig. When we get to the Craig experience, I'm sure we're going to hear some criticism that like, hey, this is what needs to change. This is what needs to get better. But Craig knows that at the end of the day, we're Charger fans. We're fans of this team, and we're all on the same page. Like, so let's be fans together. It's not like you're going in and being negative on Twitter, and Staley's going, "Oh shit, he's right. That was a blown coverage or something yeah, like that." I like, should be fired. We're we're you when you tweet something like that, you're tweeting it to the rest of the fans, and it's like that's I think the rift is that like as fans, we kind of take offense to that. It's like, wait a minute, like this is our team. Like, why are you being so negative about our team? Like, yeah, this isn't just your team or your friend's team. Like this is everybody. This is the bolt fam. Yeah. So I think you, 
just realize that. I mean, again, you do you. I can't wait to see everybody going like. It's no. okay. All the comments on this video, I can't it's wait okay. to read but them. But here's yeah. the thing. We've never yeah. been anything but honest in the way we are about Absolutely. being shamelessly positive. We so, will be shamelessly positive. So, yeah, I mean, even if you is. come into this video and you're going to say something negative. You guys are fucking idiots. It's not going to change you. Fair enough. I, I will accept it that. It will wash over us like another wave. And the waves will keep coming. But and I you love know the what? beach, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm we'll, right. we'll still be riding that waves, dude. All right. All right later all right. on, dude. You're blocked, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting muted, dude. Get muted, dude. You're prerogative, dude. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's look at some quotes here. Uh, or some tweets, actually. This comes from uh, Bridget Condon about J.C. Jackson. Uh, she tweeted out, J.C. Jackson told me it's a bittersweet feeling knowing the team won. But he, quote, had a bad game. He said, this week, I'm going to study more. I'm going to be the last person to leave and the first person in the building. That's how I'm going to approach the rest of the season. I Fantastic, dude. dude. I yeah. love this. So you can, you can look at this two ways. You can look at this like, oh, my God, he's not studying. He's not paying attention. I look at this as the way you can compare it to other people. You compare it to uh, what's the uh, Carolina wide receiver that just got traded? Robbie uh, Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. He had no interest and doing what is being said right now by J.C. Jackson. Yeah, he got benched, and he said, "I'm I'm out of here. Dude, okay. I'm not coming." My way or the highway. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. So, I looked. It, this is all a growing thing, man. You're only going to get better each week. We're right. all getting better as we grow. He JC, acknowledges it. That's the yeah. first step. Right. Yeah. He didn't accidentally lead the league in interceptions the last two years. No. Yeah. He he wasn't accidentally a shutdown corner for two years, and now he forgot how to do it. Exactly. It, it's going to come back around. We have exactly. him for the foreseeable future on a long-term contract. It's going to turn around. We just stand by him for a minute. Give him a second. Right. This is the response. This is the response that you want to see when somebody has a bad game. He's not deflecting. Right. He's not blaming anybody else. No. I had a bad game. I got benched. I'm going to work as hard as I can to get better. This is the classiest way this could have gone down. Yep, this right. could have become a rift. Everyone's saying that, like, not everyone. A few people are saying that, like, you know, Staley's losing the locker room. I don't think so. Not you don't have close. a player coming out saying something like this if he's losing the locker room. He's trying to earn his trust again. Right. That's my point of view. Right. If he felt like I need to stay out there because he, he didn't give me a shot. He didn't give me a chance to, to you know, right my wrongs. It's like, no, dude. Like, he recognized he, he was having a bad game. And he needed to get pulled. And he respected Coach Staley's decision. And came out and said, I'm going to go. I'm going to study more. I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better is really the underlying message there. And not deflecting or saying like, well, you know, the sun got in my eyes or something like that. Yeah. Like he wasn't, it's hey, like, it's nighttime. No it's a nighttime Juan Soto game. Shots. No, 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 no. <laughs> did he say that? I wasn't trying to That's throw a fresh. shot. Yesterday he dropped the ball because it went in the sun. Well, one. did he say that though? Well, I, I I, was I quoting it, him? Was, okay. no, 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 no. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to throw it. <laughs> you that did wasn't, not quote it. That was not intentional. <laughs> no, um, but you know, it's Well, no, I mean, the joke was like, it was nighttime, so there couldn't have been his eyes. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, he wasn't giving a, an excuse. He was saying that it, I need to get better. And so right. that's what he's doing. I mean, would you rather him come out and say like, uh, yeah, I didn't think it was the right decision to pull me, but uh, you know, I got to, you know, coach is going to do what right. coach is going to do, you know, like the, that, that doesn't benefit The best anybody. players want to be out there when it's important. Or it's, he could have very easily gone, well, this scheme doesn't fit me. Like I'm complaining about hard. how they're not fitting his, like the way he plays instead yeah. of, Hey, yeah. I just got to get used to this. I got to figure this out and I got to get better. Yep. And he even coach said like, got to get him up, up 
you know, he's been out for weeks with the with the ankle. So right. We'll see. Um, yeah. Continuing on Twitter, Nick Cathrell tweeted out Chargers head coach Brandon Staley on cornerback JC Jackson. There's a reason why we got this guy, because we believe in him. Just because it hasn't started in a Hollywood fashion doesn't mean it's not going to end that way. What we got to do is stay with him because he has what it takes. Yep. So like I just said, he's got the talent. We've seen the talent. It's not like, whoops, where'd my talent go? I left that back in New England. (laughs) Yep. It's like, it's still there. It's just like, it. it, I mean, it, it must be a different scheme or something. He's just not getting, you know, this, what needs to happen. And he recognizes that. And so he needs to get better. And it's not something that happens overnight or happens in a week or happens in a month. It's like, it takes time to really get into that new system We've got him for a long haul, and let's see it get. Guess there. what? We're winning as he's we're still figuring winning. it out. Yeah. So he's let's... making huge mistakes, and we're still winning ball games. Right? Yeah. Amen. So, um, all right. Well, let's look at some quotes from our opponent this week: Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll on the challenges Justin Herbert presents to defenses. Pete Carroll said, first off, he is incredible." See. We can end the quote right there. Yep, that's <laughs> um, he is end an incredible quote. athlete and player. I've listened to his interviews and stuff over the offseason just to try to get to know who he is and how he handles stuff. He's a really tough, uh, really together kid, too. Uh, he reminds me of Josh Allen, a big guy that can move around, get outside the pocket and strike you dead. He has all the throws and all of the arm talent and strength that you would ever need. He's a really good competitor, too. The fact that he got banged up earlier in the year and just kept fighting through it. That was a difficult injury that he fought through, so you have to give him a lot of credit on all levels. Good assessment, Pete. Good, yeah. I concur. Good breakdown, Pete. Pete knows what he's doing. <laughs> Pete, Pete seen, he's been around. <laughs> he's he's been, around, opinion. been around the block a couple times. Yeah. How couple pumped is times. he that he doesn't have, you know, you know who I'm talking about. How good does Pete Carroll look right now? Oh, so good. <laughs> got a whole bunch of guy in the room. Yeah, picks all day, and he's he's winning more he games Noah than the fan. Broncos. He got like he got some studs, right? And draft picks, and right. unloaded that big crybaby. That right. Good lord, so he's, he's just the most annoying person in the world. He knows what he's talking about, though. Clearly, right. he feels Dude, this way about guys, Justin. Did, did you guys see what came out today? Pat McAfee was talking about how um, Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch. We're on a podcast together, oh, I think and they I've were talking about, this, yeah. about how um, the whole time they were teammates, they were Super Bowl champs together. They could never, they never got Russ's number. They had no way of just contacting their quarterback if they wanted to talk or go hang out. They had to contact Russ's people, like his manager, in order to get in contact with Russ. Wow, that's just a that this guy puts on this per, like Superboy Superman facade. Mm-hmm. He's a He's a faker, dude. He just puts it on for the the camera. Where's right. Elway with the draft day analysis? Like nobody came to his birthday party. Am I how right? do you not right. go talk to? How do you not go talk to his to Russell Wilson's teammates? Yeah, you're about to pay this guy a gajillion dollars for the next five years. <laughs> the thing you is know? that that franchise is screwed for a long time because of that decision, and I don't feel bad for one second. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Um. They also talked to wide receiver DK Metcalf on his thoughts about the Monday night football game. DK said the Chargers have a really good defense. They have playmakers all over the field. I know the Broncos kind of struggled to move the ball down the field in the second half. Same with the Chargers. So I think it's going to be a fun game to go up against all the playmakers that they have on their defense and just to see our defense step up again and shut some more people out. Hmm. Well, Court Lindsley's coming. There, DK. Yeah, Court Lindsley's <laughs> coming back, and we're 
probably might possibly have Keenan Allen. So they didn't shut down any gauntlets against the Detroit Lions giving up 45 points or the New Orleans Saints putting up 39. So I don't know what DK is all excited about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah DK, so. you know what that stands for? Don't know. Donkey Kong. Know. <laughs> Donkey Kong. <laughs> um all right, gang. Well, let's take a look at the injury report for this week. Uh, it's a little, little bigger, a little bigger than we wanted to see. But there's a lot of, a lot of names on here about stuff that we already know. Uh, Keenan Allen getting a limited practice in. You know, we're seeing every, all signs point to him coming back this week. So no reason to think that that won't be the case. Uh, Will Clapp, our backup center uh, guard, had a quad injury, limited practice Wednesday, but full practice uh, Thursday. Uh, Gerald Everett. Illness had an illness on Wednesday, didn't practice, but he's back on Thursday. So, is that a calling out of sick? You know, Monday's coming around, you're like, I don't want to go into work today. Yeah, well, maybe, I mean, maybe him and Corey Lindsley, you know, ate at the same restaurant, shared the same burrito, yeah, Yeah. late night Taco Bell run. Yeah, yeah, for those those that didn't hear, Corey Lindsley's injury or his illness was uh, food poisoning, so that's what uh, took him out for that last game. Um, Dustin Hopkins, as we all know, right hamstring injury, I think I heard two to four weeks, so he's not practicing. What a stud. Yeah, what a what a what a guy. God. Four, five kicks if you count the extra point. Five kicks with that freaking leg. God bless him. Uh Zion Johnson, ankle injury, but getting full practices in. Uh Sebastian Joseph Day, ankle injury. Got two limited practices in. We didn't see that it's this last good. game. He looked Actually, pretty, he looked pretty happy after that. There's like a video they posted right, on charger.com, yeah. like him not being able to watch the kick. It was the funnest video, honestly, because yeah, that that's fun. how I felt. He's like, yeah. I'm not watching it. I'm not watching yeah. it. And then he was waiting for the the crowd's reaction. He's like, wait, f- I did it. Yeah, it was yeah. so that fun. Was, that was good. Um, Joshua Kelly, sadly, knee injury, did not practice. And I think I heard two to four weeks for him as yeah, well. Sprained MCO. Yeah. Shit. So um, really heartbreaking to see the guy was coming up. We were seeing a lot of production and then injury, injury just happened. So I think we might see uh, a rookie running back. We you have, have to. We have yeah, to. Isaiah Spiller's in. Coach, Isaiah Spiller but needs coach to dress said up. that there's going to be a competition at practice this week with him and Larry Roundtree. So. I oh wow! Saying that. <laughs> if he's if if Isaiah doesn't win the job, that's a not going to be a good look. Roundtree's practice squatter. He's not even on active. Right. right. Yeah. If he can't so, beat out Larry Roundtree, we, that's that's troublesome. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Um, let's see. Corey Lindsley, like I said, uh, with the illness, he's getting limited practices in. We should see him back this week. Uh, Joshua Palmer, we didn't see this concussion protocol. Did not practice. Uh, just kind of a wait and see for him. And same thing with Donald Parham, also back in concussion protocol. The, the Parham one worries me because we saw I saw the catch that he hit his head on and it wasn't that hard of a hit. So I'm really worried about this. You know, having a concussion the way he did last season, like I hope he's okay. I just once you have a big one like that, they they will re- reoccur. So yeah. I'm worried about that. I really am. Well, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure the, after everything that's happened this season in the NFL regarding concussions, I have to imagine they're going to take extra special care to make sure that he is fully ready to come back if he it's ever the, is. It's just the idea of the bounce back. Right, yeah. You, that you don't bounce back the way you did before. You know what I mean? That's right. what worries me. I get you. Um, Trey Pipkin's knee injury, limited practices in. Hopefully he should be good to go. And then Kyle Van Noy, uh, back injury. Oh, man. Old man, man, oh, old man, man on that injury oh, report. <laughs> well, he got that, two full practices, and this might be his yeah. last week on there. So, do, how, yeah. do you guys know how to get off of this? Because Justin is no longer listed on here with a rib injury. 
although he was he was on there before and he was still practicing fully how how do you get your name off here do you have to have like a full week of full participation Maybe before that can happen of of injury free practice or something i don't know i don't know the definitive answer i don't know. I couldn't figure it out couldn't but tell you if you know it let it feels, us know it feels yeah, very fluid to me like they can kind of make up however they want to do it be a little loosey-goosey <laughs> yeah. about loosey-goosey, it loosey-goosey yeah um all right. Well, looking back over at the opponent, Seattle Seahawks are in a division where three teams are three and three, and the Arizona Cardinals are two and four. Though it looks like they might be they're winning all, this evening, yeah. for Thursday. So they're all three and three, and three and three, and three and four, pretty much. Mm-hmm. He's in the three win division, and just announced the 49ers just got Christian McCaffrey. So oh. why do you got to do that right before we play him? Like, what the. F- is going on yeah what, it's what all right he'll thinking? probably be hurt here in the next couple days <laughs> right <laughs> shit there you go um all right we're looking at the teams that the seattle seahawks have played against six teams in total uh barely beat the denver broncos uh lost handedly to the san francisco 49ers barely lost to the falcons beat the detroit lions 48, a big scoring 45. game five yeah uh lost to the saints and beat the cardinals so um I mean, that, that's the other thing that's interesting right. with the Seahawks is that Pete Carroll's figured out how to unlock Geno Smith. Like, that guy's just been living on yeah. the backup squad. He's got, like, the second highest QB rating behind only Josh Allen yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, he's playing. And it just seems like, to me, just, just looking at the scores, it just seems like an inconsistent team. Right? Yeah. Defense is kind of up and down. Offense is kind of up and down. So, you, those type of teams, you want to get out get out on top of them quick, make, make them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, because if if they can, they have the firepower to be able to show up on both sides of the ball, right? You just hope they don't put it together on Sunday. Well, yeah. hopefully Justin can be, you know, get back to form. I feel like last week was a weird anomaly, but <sighs> Dude, just, it's it's going to be the best quarterback that they've faced so far. Well, we're just offensively, we just are hurting that wide receiver. We yeah. just we Palmer's don't have down. much firepower out there right now. If Palmer can't go, you're starting DeAndre Carter. Bandy. Mike Williams Bandy. and Michael Bandy. Like yeah. those are the Hopefully starting three. Keenan comes back. Yeah, Keenan. Keenan's saying I don't that think he should will. be coming. Really? I don't think you will. With the bye next week, I think he's going to take the two weeks to get fully healthy. Mm. I just have a bad Interesting feeling he's not play. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, he said that he would be coming back uh, for that for this next game. That he'll be back. But yeah, I and I heard I was listening to the Chargers podcast. Matt Matt Money Smith was talking about just come back play if you can play play. Then you have two weeks to get right if you do. But I'm just like, if you're not 100% and you go out there and tweak it again, like, are we gonna, we're going to miss him for three, four more weeks after that. Mm-hmm. The hamstrings just don't, like, you don't just, like, play through it. You you get it worse if you mm. try to play through a bad hamstring. Right. In my opinion, get 100%. We'll try to squeak out another ugly W. I don't want to, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like rushing him back and then losing him for longer. I would other... Sure. Give him the two weeks with the bye next week sure. and just get him back. I mean, Popper did tweet out a video of him and, you know, running routes and in full practice out there. So he didn't seem to be hobbling or missing any steps. So as long as he gets cleared, that's all I care about. You know, if they think he's yeah, ready to week, go yeah. and he thinks he's ready to go, then let's go. Let's, let's make it happen. I am excited for the matchup, though, with Seattle. Um, what do they do? Like, how do you take away DK? I know Tyler Lockett's on the injury report. He didn't practice again today. Oh. So we'll see how that goes. But it will be interesting to scheme, see how we scheme around. They have one dominant guy that's just kind of a 
big body Mike Williams type, which I guess plays in our favor. We practice against that guy every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you take JC Jackson, eliminate scheme, and just let him go man to man and run around with him? There's nothing that you have to get used to if you're running man. If you just split field coverage, whatever side DK is on, you have man with the safety over the top. If you want to run zone stuff and get tricky, do that on the other side. Um, I that in my opinion, you just got to let JC go back to being a baller and play some man coverage. That's what he's used to doing. Um, let him get confident again, and then as the bye week, maybe use that week to to really hammer home. Like, hey, we got to get all these schemes down. We can't just you can't just do one thing, dude. Yeah, I love it, man. Great idea. That's it. Um, all right, well, folks, uh, another thing that I love is the people. Nice. Over at our Patreon. We started up our Patreon, folks, and we've already got some people signing up. And it really caught us off guard, really. Blowing me away, the amount of people that are signing up. And uh, we really cannot thank you enough. Um, We've got some real real big plans. We did just do a little something cool on the the first post we ever did. Our very first post did tease uh, some some new stuff coming. Behind the scenes promo for next year. Yeah. And uh, it was very, it was literally behind the scenes. We yeah. were shooting stuff, shooting some new stuff here. So uh, if you want to check it out, go on over to Patreon and uh, see all the cool stuff that we've got going on. We've got, got some one, cool shit coming up. We've got really one do. video, but we have more stuff coming down the pike. Let's go. Sit tight. And for those of you that have signed up again, thank you thank so you much. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. And if you're not feeling like going to the Patreon, that's 100% okay. You can head on over to chargechat.com. Check out all the cool stuff we've got over there. T-shirts, hoodies, and stickers. You can chat it up with other Charger Chatteteers in our member section and ask questions in Ask Bolt Fam. So go check it out, chargechat.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, gang. Well, it's time for the next segment. It is Coach's Corner. What's Coach going to teach us today? Well, sit down. Give him a chance. Find out. Shut up. <laughs> great moments are born great opportunity. All comes down to today. You take this helmet and you put it right in his numbers, okay? I want to see nothing but snot bubbles in his nose. A lot of people want to blame coaches for a lot of things. Nobody puts coaches in his And we shut them down because we can't. It's because I believed in you. And I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational, but it just wouldn't be our style. Let's do it. That's right, gang. It's time for Coach's Corner. Coach has got something lined up. None of you had any specific questions. I'm shocked that nobody was like, Coach, can you at least look at this? So Coach had to come up with something on his own. What'd you come up with, Coach? Yeah, I went with kind of the the underhand toss-up, layup type of situation because J.C. Jackson was just so bad on those two plays. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to look at the two plays, kind of talk about what happened, um, give the excuse for one as to why it's getting used to scheme 
and eliminating the excuse on the other because he was just in man-to-man coverage. So um, just, just I, I think he's just, there's a lot more going on here. I think it's a confidence issue. I don't know if it's because of the foot um, and the surgery. I, I can't explain it by watching these clips, what's going on, because can't blame it on scheme because one of these is a cover two man that every team in the NFL runs. He's been running it since high school. So this one here, this was at the end of the first half. This is when um, Hamler just ran straight by him. Russ just threw up a duck and he ran under it. They were in field goal range. They almost scored a touchdown at the end of the half, which would have been a pretty, pretty hard thing to overcome in the second half with the way our offense played. Um, so this was this was a big game-changing type of play. Um, what we're going to see here, so we are in cover two man. So safety here, safety here. Cover two, meaning they, have, they each have a half of the field. Cover two, they split it into two zones. This might end up looking like a <laughs> I'll make sure it does. <laughs> we might have to blur this out. Uh, folks. If a, you want to see it, you can go to right. Patreon. <laughs> so we have half of the field is for this safety. Half, ha- I fixed that. I got rid of the nipple. It still looks weird though. Half of the field is for this guy. Okay. So anything deep, they're just playing a zone. So they don't have a man that they're responsible for. Anyone that enters their zone, they're going to help hug up on. And they're basically going to be double teaming whoever, whichever one of these receivers tries to get into their zone. Underneath, everyone has a man they're responsible for. Right here, they're manned up. This inside, that's Callahan, manned up. Drew Tranquil is manned up. Over here is JC Jackson. He's just manned up. He's got 10 yards of cushion. We know it's the end of the half. They're going to have to take shots downfield. They had no timeouts. So this is just a matter of keeping him in front of you at all costs. We have a safety over the top to help. Um, Now, a couple of things. This may be a scheme thing. I don't think that this is what JC got beat on. Derwin is over here. He's almost playing like a spy. So he's supposed to drop out of there. You'll see Nas does it on this side. He kind of sits here in the middle of the field. I think he's looking for a big play. They might have a tag. I'll play it once just so you can kind of see the difference in the way the two safeties play it. So you'll see here Nas gets deep. He's already creeping. He's getting way back. He's over the top. Derwin is kind of playing like a little spy robber. I think he's looking for any of these routes to come inside so he can jump on top of it. So if this, if Hamler were to come try to get inside, Derwin's going to jump it, try to pick it and take it to the house. So he's, I think coach gave him, since he's on JC's side, who's supposed to be their shutdown corner, he let him have some freedom to be aggressive. Whereas look at Nas. No one's getting behind Nas. You throw that ball up there, he's going to go get it. So this is a mixture between JC playing poor man coverage, but also the safety to his side was being aggressive. I don't think Derwin did the wrong thing. I think coach tagged it so Derwin could be aggressive on anything that they tried to pick easy yards underneath. So it was an aggressive play call. I'll take it back to the beginning, though. Just so we can watch. JC, This is it's just bad man technique. He's got a 10-yard cushion. He lets him eat up that cushion right away. You should maintain some kind of separation. He just kind of a real slow, kind of whatever backpedal. It's eaten right there. Now, this is where things go haywire. His feet get flat. So when you're in man coverage, you can't get flat-footed because anywhere he's going to break, you're going to be in trouble. He's got a, he's got, he's trying to take away inside. So he, I think he's trying to force him into like an out or a deep corner. He doesn't. He's not expecting a a deep go route. He's expecting him to break out. You can kind of see it in the way that he's 
tilted. He's turning, taking away inside routes, making a force a hard, long, over-the-top, outside-of-the-field throw. The only problem is he gets flat-footed. So Hamler just fakes like he's running it out for one step and turns up field and runs straight past him. So I'm going to play it back from the beginning just so you can kind of see JC, the one he gets stuck. He gets It's like he gets sticky at the top of the route. When Hamler makes his way up the field, I'll call it out right when you see him get sticky. He works up, out, up. You see how he just got stuck for a second? Yeah, yeah. It's almost like he tried to jump the out route instead of just carrying over the top, knowing what the situation was and not letting him get behind him. It, 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 I don't know if it was him being aggressive. Um, either way, he, he has to know scheme-wise. Coach gave Derwin the aggressive check. Whatever the tag is that they have, he has to know that Derwin is not is not my help over the top on this play. Mm-hmm. I got no help, so I cannot try to be aggressive. I'm not biting on out routes. I'm not trying to get anything underneath. I'm just not letting this guy get over the top. Russ does not have the strongest arm in the world, right? For Russ to throw a ball out into here, he's going to have arc on it. You're going to have plenty of time to recover. So if he were to be back here, if he tries to run an out route, by the time Russ gets this ball all the way to here, if I'm standing here, I still have the time to close. He just let it get eaten up. And then scheme-wise, if he knows that Derwin is inside help, you don't even have to take away inside routes. You can really sit back here, let him run this. You have time. You have time from this spot to make up that that time difference. So I don't know. All, all around, it seems like he didn't know Derwin's responsibility. He thought he was going to have Derwin over the top help. Even that being said, he got beat man-to-man. This is just man-to-man. He got beat. So this play... Every which way I look at it, I can't explain how I, a little bit maybe scheme. He didn't know Derwin's responsibility, hmm. um, but also he just got beaten, man. Okay, and the second one that we'll look at here, um, this is cover three. So this looks like the high school defense that I ran forever. It's as simple as it gets. Um, now for the corner, there is, you do have to have vision because you have a zone. So again, I'll draw up the zone so you can see them. Zone meaning I don't have a receiver. When the ball snapped, I don't know who's going to run into my zone. But I knew there are, I do know that there are only a couple of options, right? Okay, so JC's at the top. He has, it's cover three, not cover two. Cover two, you split the deep field into two zones. Cover three, you split it into three. So this safety here has the middle of the field. This is his zone. So anyone that comes into this zone, he is responsible for defending. JC Jackson, he has the deep, third on this side of the field down here asante he's got this third so they all have their own zone underneath we have four zones that's why you see derwin down here he's going to get the flat so if anyone tries to run out of route outside the numbers drew tranquil has the hook curl over here kenneth has this hook curl and then on the other side whoever our other linebacker safety is has this flat curl to flat so these are your zones so anyone runs into these zones. Now, what gets difficult, what happens if there's two guys in your zone? What happens on this route is this receiver, the number one, who the corner is used to defending, he's going to come up, starts in what appears to be JC zone, and work to the edge of JC zone. JC carries. Now, this is where you need to know scheme and you have to be able to work with your teammates. Okay, This route ends up being in between the two zones. JC needs to pass off this route to the safety. The safety has this whole zone, so he's going to work, especially as Russ's eyes are on this side of the field. That's how you know which side of your zone to work towards. 
So if Russ is looking to this side of the field over here, the safety should work to that matching side of his zone. So everyone, if he's looking that way, everyone should start working to that side of their zone. So everyone's working towards where the quarterback's eyes are. The benefit of zone is you can go to the quarterback's eyes and you can get picked because you're just cheating. You're, you're going with his eyes. You don't care about the routes. Okay. So what happens is this guy runs through JC's route into Nas's route, Nas's zone. This, the tight end comes across over JC doesn't see it and goes into the opposite edge of JC's zone. So in reality, JC has two guys in his zone. He has to pass off the one going towards the middle of the field and pick up the new one coming in. I'll show it right here. So watch this right here, this tight end wing and this number one. A dead tell that JC needs to know that me, dumb, dumb high school coach knows is you look at the split. Look how tight this guy is. He's in here on the numbers. He's not, he's not all the way out here. He's not trying to run a go. You can tell he's going to run something that's going to get him out here. And maybe that's situational. I see a split that's this close between tight end and wide out. I'm thinking across. They're going to try to manipulate and get around. They're trying to rub. Um, that, that would be the thought. Now, not always necessarily. Maybe he lines up tight so he can run an out or a corner or something along those lines. But to me, this looks like with the split between these two, same thing down here. You see the receivers, how tight they are together. They're going to run some kind of a rub route. They're not just going to both go upfield most of the time. They only line up, they adjust their splits based on what route combination they're running. So if you watch up here, he's going to press his zone, come across. He's going to come through and edge to the other, other side of JC's zone. I'll play it for you right now. So watch the tight end. He's the one that catches the touchdown pass here. He's going to go out. JC doesn't see him because he stays on the... Uh, this This is both in his zone. Mm -hmm. JC just bit on the one coming to the inside of his zone when the safety could have easily picked it up. Because Russ doesn't look it off. Russ is looking that way the whole time. Try to see where Russ, Russ's head is. His eyes are looking at it. Right here. His eyes are working here. So the safety's already coming over to cheat. Now, JC's eyes are right here through the wide receiver to the quarterback. He does not see this tight end working behind him. It's just a matter of understanding your zone, where you're supposed to be. We right here, because JC carried that number one, we have two on one, which means this guy's wide open. Mm -hmm. If JC passes off, opens hip, gets over the top, there's nothing there. There's not, no, no throw to be had. It's just he did not adjust off of the second man coming into his zone. Just a very, very elementary mistake. Um, as a corner, he got too aggressive trying to jump on that slant. He doesn't need to. He has to trust his teammates. Look, this guy runs this. Drew's going to be underneath, so he can't hit it quick. And then you have to trust that your safety is going to work over towards that side as well. So these linebackers are all in throwing lanes. There's no play action, so they're not coming up. He can't just throw a quick slant and be there because Drew will pick it off. He needs to be a little bit more patient, allow this to come, and be able to jump and switch his routes. Just just, just poor, poor defense. It's just very elementary type stuff. That's not a fancy route. That was not a great receiver. Just, just missed the play. Yes, Kevin. It looks like he is being too aggressive and not knowing where his teammates are. Yeah. Is that fair? Um, I think that could be fair. Yeah. That, cool. I would lean more heavily towards being, I would lean more heavily towards being aggressive than knowing where his teammates are. I think he knows that Nas is there. 
Um, he's just trying to be too aggressive and go be Mr. INT because he's he's wanting some for picks. five on the year. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, I mean, he wants to. That's that's why we've got him is to be aggressive. Right, right. You can't be aggressive in in this type of zone where you have you have to be able to defend the whole thing. His zone right here, you can see this is the tight end that makes the catch. He's got this third, so he's he's got sideline to just inside the numbers. This is his zone. So yeah, he's got two guys in it. But Nas did a good job of cheating over on Russell's eyes, and he could have easily helped. So yeah, yeah, it looked like on the on the replay that JC's eyes, like once he saw that guy coming in his zone, he just he stared locked at him on. and locked, locked onto yeah. him, and just completely didn't realize that there was another guy behind him, as opposed to staying in that zone and being having that awareness of like, hey, there's somebody else in my zone. That's the my only job. other thing that I could say is. Sometimes when you get a wheel route, now I don't think this qualifies, but sometimes when you get a wheel route, so a wheel route would be he goes to the flat and then wheels up the sideline. Because it's such a slow developing play, usually you have your flat defender, which is which is Derwin. You have Derwin who has the flat. If you get any type of, you get a wheel. So he goes into your zone and then tries to work out, you carry it. Mm-hmm. That, that, that can be a rule in some defenses where if you get a wheel route, the that's what we always had. If there's a wheel route, so if this guy's going to come through your zone and then delay and try to get up, our flat defender always had to carry it. So meaning he would just turn it into man and he would run with it. Mm-hmm. That's my only defense that could possibly be there for JC is he thought that was too slow of a route and it was a wheel. Um, I don't think it is, though. I think he got too vertical too fast um, to, to give him that excuse. So... Um, yeah, it's just a matter of getting comfortable with the scheme. How, what, so question for you after seeing this, how comfortable do you feel within four days of practice and sitting in the classroom getting ready? How comfortable just, do you feel for him this Seahawks game? I can't say that because I, the guy's in the NFL as a corner. He knows way more about defense than I do. But just as um, a fan, as a fan, when you have somebody, something break down this badly twice in a game, how quickly can you bounce back from that? I don't have a lot of confidence. Um, I I personally, just as a fan, would rather see Michael Davis out there. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you sit your million-dollar man at corner? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, those those are two huge. Without those two plays, Russell Wilson would have threw 30 times for like 105 yards. Right. Those were the two plays that really kept them in this game. Um, they resulted in 10 of the points that they, the 16 points that they scored. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a huge amount of confidence. I believe he'll get it right eventually. And it may be a quick fix. Um, but I'm worried that he's going to be so cautious now that he's not, he's going to be, he's going to be too slow. All right. Shit. Well, see folks. That's we'll see. Maybe being I'm critical. I'm he's see, not being negative. It's being critical. He's brought, he showed his work. Brought Say, it hey, to the table, hey, turned when, it in. When you go to when you go to math, it's like math, and you're like, yeah. "Here's the answer. Show your work. Show your work. You cheated. There's the work. Yeah, you cheated. There's the work. You, don't you take, cheated. Don't take what somebody else. Did. Don't take yeah. what somebody else says, no, or don't no, copy no. that paper and say what you want to say based no, on that. Right. No Dude. quote tweets in here. You, you come up with it. Show me your work. You show me your work. Love it, Coach. Thank you, uh, you so me. much for, for showing the work. Fantastic. And, and showing, yeah. You know, and bringing the honest criticisms. <laughs> Show your work. All right, gang. Well, now it's time to go on to the next segment. You know them, you love them. It's the Greg Experience. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Come on in, man. Kick your feet up. Oh. Hello there. Make yourself at home. Got some stuff to talk about, right? Moving on. And of course, another primetime butt clincher with the whole world watching. Close one, eked out, but under the circumstances, you gotta be happy about it. Regardless as to how agonizing it was, the Chargers pulled it out. Bunch of injuries going into the game, dealing with injuries during the game, and still, dub nonetheless. And while every week we should all keep a defibrillator very close by, and also probably watch the game with a friend or family member, just in the event that that has to be utilized, He's still rolling with a four and two team. And again, props for that. You have to be happy about where the team is from a record standpoint. There are other things that you can kind of dig into, analyze. Y'all know how I feel about it personally. Um, everyone has their varying opinions. But what the fact is that no one can dispute is that the team has persevered and are now uh, in a tie with the Kansas City Chiefs atop the AFC West. Can't ask for much more than that right now. Uh, so with all of that said, you're hearing all the opinions about a one, Mr. Brandon Staley. And depending on where you look in the Chargers Twitter sphere, you got the avid supporters and you got some of the people who want his head on the stake. Um, I'm somewhere in the middle. I understand that uh, there are some questionable things that have taken place. For instance, some of uh, the game management, uh, some of the fourth down stuff being a little inconsistent. But on the flip side of that, if we just go back and look at Monday night, giving that man huge props for pulling the 16 and a half million dollar man out of the game who, for all intents and purposes, was the reason why the Broncos built a double digit lead before the Chargers got up. Um, I'm sorry, Chargers scored anything at all. So we're spotting teams points and one of the guys who should be one of the best players on your team is not performing up to snuff. So sure there's a little bit of pressure to have that guy in the game, but Brandon Staley assessed the situation properly, sat him down and the defense flourished with Vato in and props to that man as well for coming in cold and essentially locking down his side of the field or whomever he was defending at any given time. Gotta stay ready, man. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready, right? I think that's how that goes. But I mean, outside of just that, the second half, sending the dogs out after uh, Mr. Unlimited. Yo, that dude is, I don't, there are levels of corniness, right? If this was like Game of Thrones or something, it's like we all lived in Winterfell, he'd be King Corny. Like, he's... I don't want to be mean to Russ. He's a nice enough dude, but you are trying too hard, man. Cut that out. Well, who are you trying to impress? I guess he has this image he has to uphold, and so he's going the extra mile to just try to be Mr. Perfect. It just comes off really badly, though. Somebody who cares about him should talk to him about this. But hey, if it's the image that you built for yourself, I guess you got to see it through. Oh, well, not our problem. But again, 
Man Staley sent the hounds after him in the second half, and he looked like a deer in headlights. The rush got there. There's nothing he could do. Chargers did a phenomenal job at keeping him inside the pocket because that's where you want someone like that. A shorter quarterback has a harder time seeing over the offensive line. And, um, you know, once he gets outside of the pocket, plays break down, harder to stick with wide receivers in the secondary, and big plays happen. We saw that happen in the first half. Second half, Chargers shut all that crap down. Uh, they kept him pinned in. And they attacked him in the interior. And shout out to the interior defensive line also. Sebastian Joseph Day, um, Austin Johnson, Jerry Tillery, Tito Obonia. Guys were getting it done. They were giving Russ hell in the middle of the defense. Uh, Drew Tranquil, sir. Salute to you, my man. That was some rugged football. I loved every minute of it. Um, we haven't seen Drew perform that way in quite some time. Whether it be due to injuries or, well, mostly it is due to injuries. For the most part, when Drew plays, he plays well. But um, that looked like uh, Drew Tranquil of, what, two years ago? How long has it been? Either way, happy to see it. But outside of that, let's put that game behind us because it was very difficult to watch, and we all had to suffer through it. And now we're moving on to the Seattle Seahawks. Another home game. And a um, couple things are on my mind here. Who the hell's playing? From what we're seeing, there's a very fair chance that Keenan Allen may miss another game and then go into the bye week, which personally, I'm just going to be honest with you, my opinion is I don't think Slay should play at all. Um, if the hamstring isn't where it needs to be, then take another two weeks. Get it all the way right and then come back. I know it would be nicer to have him on the field to help push towards a five and two record, but kind of think about the long game here and you need your top flight players on the field for the stretch, the duration of the season. Got to think macro, not micro. So uh, again, I'd rather slay sit this one out, but if he does, Josh Palmer was apparently concussed in the game and we just found out about that. He was also dealing with like a knee injury and something else, so dude's all banged up. Donald Parham was in concussion protocol. My man can't catch a break, or should I say he's catching all of them, just not in the way that we would hope. Uh, hopefully Corey Lindsley's over the bubble guts, but now Gerald Everett may have them. I don't know. Uh, and, uh, oh, Joshua Kelly. Now, here's the silver lining here. Joshua Kelly being out should mean that you're getting spiller time, but we can't even depend on that because there's a certain Chargers running back that they drafted uh, last year that everyone's forgotten about, but is still chilling there on the practice squad. That's right, Mr. Larry Roundtree and Ooh, if they activate Larry and leave Spiller <laughs> inactive, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't get where this even makes sense. You got to get the kid out there and give him some run. He should be ready to go see what you have in him. You know who Larry Roundtree is. And also, there are some redundancies in his skill set between himself and Sony Michelle. Just from a perspective of what you're looking to do from a personnel standpoint, I don't think it's wise to have both of those dudes active. 
Just don't. Oh, and then you're going to end up seeing a whole lot of Austin Eckler again, which is fine, but then you're overusing him, which the point of getting a guy like Spiller was so that you can have someone that has some of the similar skill set as Austin from like a pass, uh, I'm sorry, receiving back perspective that also offers you some power and shiftiness in the run game. That's the point of having a running back like that. I keep saying this over and over again. Redundancies in personnel does your team no good unless whatever you do or whatever your identity is, especially if you're one dimensional, unless you are literally the greatest of all time, Hall of Fame level production in that one area of facet, let's say offense, for instance, if you're a pass first offense and that's what you do, then you better be elite at passing the ball and you better have all the necessary cogs to make that work because if it doesn't or you don't have the personnel necessary to have that go in the event that one player falls off then you are screwed we kind of see how this is working with the charges in the wide receiving core i'm not even getting into all of that that's a conversation i've already had um multiple times so we're not going to delve into that right now but i just want to see isaiah spiller play this week why not why the hell not Right before the bye, give the kid a week, see how he does, assess, go into the bye, make some decisions from there. You've got at least a week of him in real time on the field, game action that you can go through, make some decisions about how you want to shuffle the backs moving forward. We'll see when Joshua Kelly comes back, can make some determinations from there. This is how you... This is how you grow your team in season. And also, this is called in-season adjustments. You got to do them. You can't start off, or most teams don't finish the way that they start off, should I say. And they have to make some adjustments along the way. So we'll see how that goes. I don't want to ramble too much on that. Uh, the next thing I want to see is Joe Lombardi do something, especially... If we're down to uh, Michael Bandy and company as your wide receiver too, and whoever falls after that, you got to do some stuff to free 81 up. Nobody's surprised that Patrick Sertan locked up Mike Williams last week. P twice is arguably one of the top. Hell, he's actually performing like the top corner in the game. I wasn't shocked to see that. What I was shocked to see was the lack of scheme to get Mike Williams open. There are various ways, even if someone is following a receiver all day long, that you can maneuver that receiver throughout your formations, whether they be through motion, route concepts, you can create space that way. You can call plays where you line up in bunch formations and create natural picks and rubs that allow that receiver to get open. Just different things you can do that I haven't been seeing enough of. And Regardless as to whether or not the offensive line is intact, you can still get off quick game if you utilize your personnel the right way. You just have to get more creative in your play calling. And that's what I want to see this week. Because if, look, for as much of an athletic freak as Tariq Woolen is, if I see a fifth round guy from UTSA lock up the number seven overall wide receiver in his, well, the year he was drafted, from Clemson, if I see Tariq Woolen lock him up, like a Patrick Sertan locked him up, that's gonna be an issue for me. If you make it just about um, 
a matchup where it's down to physicality and athleticism, Woolen can match up with Mike Williams. He's six foot four. No, he doesn't have as much weight on him as Mike does. He's 205 pounds, but he's got all the athletic prowess to make it a long day for 81 if the charges allow it. So, uh, once again, Joe, do us all a favor, man. Take your time. Uh, every night this week, I hope you're just kind of burning the midnight oil as much as you can to devise ways to get 81 open because our offensive, uh, well, who's available offensively is probably going to be a little bit limited if these uh, injury reports hold up. And then if dudes are already going into the game banged up, you can't guarantee that they're going to make it all the way to the end. So you may have a condensed amount of weapons to work with. Just let's let's figure it out, Joe. Have faith in you. You can do it. All those years under Sean Payton, they meant something. And so, yeah. Go into your bag of tricks and uh, let's make it happen. Now, defensively, you know what uh, the Seahawks are about. Uh, I'm not going to name the rookie running back that I had on my fantasy team that I cut the week before Rashad Penny got hurt and is now playing very well. I'm not going to go there. Oh, yeah, by the way, charge chat. We have our game. I'm sorry, our matchup this weekend. I'm not going to talk any smack because y'all are my boys. But uh, looking forward to it. Uh, but again, we know what Seattle's about. You got a rookie runner who's doing fine. Uh, Geno Smith has played well. Last game, probably not so much. But in the passing game, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Dangerous. JC is going to start this week from what Brandon Staley said here recently. And uh, I know everyone's down on JC Jackson. The truth about it is, is that you can see that it's more of a mental thing. The ankle is what it is. It's coming along. It's healing. But you can just tell he's not comfortable in the system. And you take a guy who was a press man corner in New England for uh, almost a handful of years and you move him into a system where he has to think a little bit more and he's responsible for passing guys off and communicating in the secondary and he just seems to get lost a lot uh, and his confidence is low when you have to think like that you just can't play to your utmost ability and that's what's going on right now he's having to think his way through it and showing on the field he's just having some brain farts and communication issues and you know I still have faith in J.C. Jackson. Dude, you didn't go from being Mr. INT and a top three cornerback in the NFL to suddenly like losing your superpowers like the Monstars came down and stole them from you, like in Space Jam. J.C. can still play. He's just got to grind it out, get his head in the playbook. And from all accounts, from a, a recent story that came out about him is what he's doing. He's planning to be the first dude in, last dude out. Got to change the mentality. Uh, maybe he didn't have to do that before because he felt like his natural ability was enough to carry him. But ability will only get you so far. You got to be willing to put that type of work in. And that's what's going to be required of him right now. So I'm not giving up on JC. And y'all out there calling him Derek Cox, stop that. You've seen JC Jackson perform at the highest level against some of the best competition for years. Again, the dude didn't just forget how to play football. He's just having a hard time adjusting to the scheme. Grant the man some grace. And I think we'll see a better version of JC this week. 
I believe that. Um, and if not, the leash is probably going to be very short. And you'll almost certainly see Mike Davis. And you might end up seeing Mike anyway. I wouldn't be shocked if there's some sort of rotation where both he and Mike are getting snaps. Just to see how that works out. But uh, that's the beauty of having depth in the secondary at the cornerback spot. You have these options. So bravo for that as well. Again, find the bright side, people. It's not all doom and gloom. You can't be critical. Praise the good. Critique the bad. Super simple. No big deal. That's um, going to be it for me. You know, looking forward to this one. <sighs> Again, not going to eat right before the game or during. I've learned my lesson. And here's to hoping the Chargers uh, pull off another dub, get the five and two, go into a bye. Start to get some cats back. And uh, soldier on for the remainder of the year. Let's try to get that five and two, though. That, that would feel so much better than four and three. Oh, boy. But again, y'all know who it is. Mr. Bolt Gang, a do not bang, a.k.a. T.O.P. underscore F.L.Y.T. three on Twitter. That's right. You can catch me on my YouTube page. Ah, the flight deck. Charge it to the game. Post game reaction either Sunday or Monday. Just depends on whether or not uh, my blood pressure will allow me to do it right away or whether or not I need to, you know, get some sleep and calm myself down and not be rushed to the ER. But I'll get it to you as soon as I can. Till the next one, y'all take it easy, stay bolted up, and uh, K, love you, bye. So speaking of dropping players, Mr. Fantasy, um, we <laughs> dropped Taysom Hill, unfortunately, two weeks ago because, you know, I made a mistake. And you picked him up, and he got nine points tonight. So I uh, hope nothing but the worst for you in fantasy this week. Yeah, you poaching mofo. <laughs> yeah. Poach away, Craig. Oh, Craig. I love you, dude. <laughs> but he, hey, that's the same thing. Like, he's giving his point of view. It's not all roses critiques. and butterflies and shit. You he's giving I mean? great like, critiques. It's what he yeah. sees, and he's showing his work, folks. Show your work. Show your work for crying out loud and stay hydrated, just like Craig. <laughs> um, yeah, Craig, great, great observations. And yeah, looking at the upcoming opponent uh, with Seattle, uh, you know, it, it's uh, none of these games are going to be easy, easy peasy, folks. 5-2 sounds good, though. 5-2 five five sounds amazing, Oof. especially if we can get Lindsley and Keenan Allen back. I mean, Keenan Allen, I think almost more so than Lindsley, but I know Lindsley opens okay. it up for Herbert. If Lindsley comes back, yeah, I don't think it matters as much who is playing wide receiver this week. Yeah, yeah. I think the running game gets so much better if Lindsley sure. comes back. Not yeah. only running, but he, Justin, has more time to throw to guys yeah. very much like his first year. No Mike names get that better. made their names off yeah. of it. Yeah. Give more, him enough. Hey, folks, more deep bombs, more give, deep throws. Give him enough time. <laughs> let Bandy have the fucking career game. Right. That's where I'm looking at. It right. starts from the offensive line. Right. Lindsley back. These guys come together. It's going to be a good offensive week. Right now over me. Um. All right. Craig, thank you so much again for another awesome Craig experience. Let's go on now to the next segment. The Bolt Beat with Jason Reed. Is he flying in right now? <laughs> He's dropping in. <laughs> dropping in.
Welcome back to the Bolt Beat. I'm your editor over at BoltBeat.com, Jason Reed. Check us out on Twitter at BB underscore Chargers. Myself on Twitter at EatYourReedies. Or always check out the Bolt Beat website for all your Chargers coverage, BoltBeat.com. Now, those that watch the podcast on YouTube know that my setup is a little bit different here. Usually I'm standing against a wall, delivering my, my spiel like I'm a stand-up comic. A little bit different today. Hand up, full transparency. Uh, I was already set up. I did my movie podcast with my best friend within the lines. Check it out if you want to. Um, but this is I was already at the table that we used to podcast. And I'm feeling a little under the weather. I'm overcoming a, a sinus infection. No COVID, thankfully. Thought it was for a little bit there. Um, overcoming a sinus infection, still feel a little eh under the weather. And I didn't want to get the tripod out and move. I have a futon in my office and I have to move that and all that fun stuff you guys don't care about. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go with the setup that I normally do. Um, so you get a closer view of my face. So there you go. Um, I have a few things I want to touch on. So obviously this week, week seven, the Chargers are going to be hosting the Seattle Seahawks. We got Russell Wilson last week. We're getting the Seahawks this week. Will be a good litmus test for the Russell Wilson versus Geno Smith debates that have been going on all season. Um, but I want to touch on that Broncos game first because there were some narratives that came away from that game that I don't know I necessarily agree with. And I think might be getting a little bit blown out of the water if we're being honest. Blown out of proportion, I should say. Um First of all is, I guess, the offense. Um, there's some concern. And, you know, Daniel Popper kind of had some blowback to the fan base for being negative. And uh, Bill Barnwell had a really good piece about the offense and why it's struggling, quote unquote, struggling. Um, and I know everyone doesn't like Joe Lombardi and doesn't like the play calling. And, you know, Lombardi's not perfect. And I've kind of gone on that rant already. Um, but as far as last week is concerned, Monday night, I think it's strange to panic about this offense for the game it put together, considering all of the factors that were in play. I mean, you think about it, we have. No Corey Lindsley, no Rayshon Slater. Obviously, that's been the case all year. Um, no Keenan Allen still. Um, you know, Mike Williams is manned up against Pat Sertain, who's a top three corner in the league. Um, you know, he locked him down. I know a lot of people on Twitter were like, throw it to Mike Will, throw it to Mike Will. Like, Sertain is that good. You know, it wasn't really a Mike Will thing. It was a Sertain thing. Um, we know Josh Palmer ended up suffering a concussion at some point in the game. He was put in concussion protocol. Donald Parham obviously suffered a concussion as well, was put in concussion protocol. So there were points out there. And then there was the drive where Clapp got hurt and we were down to, you know, James right there at our third string center. Um, but there were points out there where Justin Herbert had Mike Williams, who was covered by one of the best corners in the league, and they could easily target and take out of the game plan. And a bunch of practice squad receivers. Josh Kelly got hurt. I mean, it was it was kind of it was not good. You know, this offense was depleted. It was banged up, and it was playing a Denver defense, which is uh, I just looked this up. It's fourth in the league in points allowed per game and second in defensive DVOA. So this is a top three, top five defense, no doubt about it. And the Chargers still scored more points than they allow on average, than the Broncos allow on average. Granted, it took overtime, but they actually still had more than the Broncos allow on average uh, at the end of regulation at sixteen. So, yes, it wasn't great. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and tell you the offense was a well-oiled machine on, on Monday night. It wasn't. But with all the factors, it played as good as it needed to play to get into field goal range and win a gritty divisional game. Hats off to the defense. Obviously, they did a great job. But I just don't think we should be worrying about an offense that scored 64 combined points um, the previous two weeks. You know, So it is what it is. I don't think we should be worried. I think we should be excited. I think the Seahawks game... You know, not to spoil my picks, but it, it might be a little bit more of the same with some of the injuries that the team is dealing with. But after the bye week next week, I think we are going to have something exciting. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on the Broncos game before jumping into the Seahawks game was that last possession in regulation for the Chargers. So there is a lot of talk about Brandon Staley's clock management there. You know, how he 
he let the clock pretty much go to zero and then attempted a Hail Mary. And then Justin Herbert, um, nothing showed his injury more than his Hail Mary attempt that just didn't get to the end zone. Like that shows like he isn't able to throw the ball as far as he normally would with his rib injury. You know, he's still favoring it a little bit. Um, but there was a lot of complaints about that drive and how the clock was managed and how they essentially ran out of time. And I just think it's so it's wrong. So, like, frankly, I think if you're complaining about how they manage the clock there, you're wrong. So I got the play-by-play up on ESPN here. So they start, you know, the drive with 151 on the clock. Herbert uh, passed to Eckler for no yards. And then 24 seconds go off the clock. 127, Eckler for five yards. And then we're faced with a third and five with 103 left on the clock. Um, you know, at the time of snapping. Pass to Eckler. Eckler gets the first down. Um, the clock drains to 43 seconds. And then it's the next first down snap. So just to explain those first three plays there and why... They didn't call timeout, why they didn't really hurry, why they let a whole minute bleed off the clock in that situation is you don't want to give the Broncos the ball back with a minute left in this situation. I believe Denver, yeah, Denver still had two timeouts at the time of this. And one of them they had to use for an injury, which was unfortunate for them. Um, I mean, the Chargers went out of bounds anyway, so it was it was a blown timeout, a wasted timeout for them. Um, but at the time, Broncos had two timeouts. And if you go out there and it's incomplete, 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 or you know, five-year game timeout, whatever, like if you don't get that first down there on that third and five from your own 30, you're punting the ball back to Denver with a minute left and, or well, more than a minute left, you know, because if you're using timeouts and completions with a minute 30 left and as bad as the Broncos offense has been all day, you don't want to give them the ball back with a minute 30. Um, so I, it was, and you only have to get in field goal range. It's a tie game. You don't have to go to the end zone. You're only, you know, yeah, Dustin Hopkins was banged up, but in theory, you only have to go 40 yards, 50 yards, whatever it was. Um, so I thought it was smart to waste that minute because yeah, now they only have a minute to get into field goal range and they're at their own 35, but it's like, if you were going to get into field goal range anyways, you were going to need one big play. So it's not like you're restricting yourself time-wise. Like there wasn't with all of their timeouts. Yes. They went into overtime with two of their timeouts. Um, but with all the team's timeouts they had, like if they picked up yards, they were going to be able to get into field goal range anyways. So then you look at the new set of downs um, at 43 seconds, you know, Palmer goes out of bounds. Um, someone gets hurt and Denver has to take one of their timeouts. Clock stops. Anyways, you have 38 seconds left. Another pass pushed out of bounds. Um, Gerald Everett was pushed out of bounds. So then we're, we're at 33 seconds. Oh, then Denver took a timeout. Um, so the clock didn't stop. Yeah. Denver took a timeout. Their third timeout, proving my point that Denver wants to stop the clock here. Um, or did Denver call a timeout because the defensive alignment? I think that's what it was actually, but either way, the clock was stopped. Um, Denver obviously wants to get the ball back at some, I mean, look at the first half. We were all complaining about Staley not running the clock out in the first half with the, when it was third and 17, where he could have ran the ball, kicked the field goal, not gave Denver the ball back. But now we want him to give, potentially give Denver the ball back with a minute 30 left. I don't get it. Um, so there's 33 seconds left third and one. Um, there was that play to Horvath where he was open. The Chargers could have got a first down. They could have got more than a first down. Herbert just missed the read. Um, it was unfortunate. And then he lets the clock drain, attempts the Hail Mary. So I think the clock management is brilliant here because let's say Herbert doesn't miss that read. Even if he gets Horvath, if he hits Horvath right away, that's a gain of like six yards. He goes out of bounds. Then we're looking at Chargers ball at the 50 with 33 seconds left or 28 seconds left, whatever it is like you have 28 seconds and three timeouts to get 15 or well with Hopkins injury, 20 to 25 yards. Like that's more than enough time with the three timeouts. It was smart for Staley to save the timeouts until they got to this point in the field. If you use them too early, then you're risking giving Denver the ball back. Like I said, so, you know, it's unfortunate. They didn't get the first down. 
So it is what it is. Like, yeah, he wasted his timeouts, but he was saving them for the most optimal way to use them. And at that point with, you know, 33 seconds left, you should let the clock run out and just attempt to Hail Mary. Like, what else are you going to do? I mean, maybe, maybe there's a case you could like let the clock run out to like eight seconds and then try for it on fourth and one with a pass play and kind of roll Herbert out and have it be like a five second pass play. That way you could get the ball back with three seconds and maybe, you know, have a chance at a Hail Mary or whatever. But then you're giving Denver the ball and they could attempt a really long field goal. So you just, it's unnecessary risk. I thought he played it perfectly. You want to end the game with the ball in your hands. You don't want to give Denver the ball back. And, you know, if they would have went quick, those first three plays and didn't get that first third down, first, first down, we would have all been complaining about how Staley gave Denver a chance to win the game at the end of a regulation. So it is what it is. Um, I just don't understand all the, the criticism for that. Now, as far as the Seahawks game, Chargers right now actually are five and a half point favorites. They were six and a half. So it actually has moved in favor of the Seahawks. Um, over under is at 50 and a half points. It was a little bit higher than that. I think it was at 52 at one point or 51 and a half. Um, and as this game is concerned, you know, there's there's some issues. You know, Keenan Allen still might not return. He said he might wait till after the bye week. Um, you know, the Palmer's in concussion protocol, Parham's in pro- concussion protocol. So this is going to be another sluggish offense. Um, so, you know, this is I when I initially picked this game, I actually picked Seahawks plus six and a half. Um over on boltbeat.com when I do my my article predictions. But the line has moved in favor of the Seahawks. And I actually kind of like the Chargers now, even though the line has only moved by one point. Um, I I predicted a Chargers six-point victory in this game. And yeah, you're kind of towing the line really closely there by predicting that. But I think this is going to be a gritty, another gritty offensive game. Like I said, no Parham, no Palmer, maybe no Allen. Um you know, obviously Pipkins is still going to be banged up a little bit. We should get Lindsley back, but it's going to be Mike Williams and a bunch of practice squad receivers again, which is kind of concerning. Um, So I don't think the offense is going to be like full cylinder offense like it normally is. And I think Seattle, they have a good offense. So like all the advanced metrics are really favorable to the Seattle offense, but it's kind of skewed because they've had two really big games points wise. They've scored 23 or fewer points in four of their six games. And the Chargers defense really showed up last week. And as long as JC Jackson isn't blowing his assignments, they should do the same this week. Um, so all that being said, that that leads me to think the Chargers will win a slightly higher scoring slog than this Monday night football game. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be frustrating at times. You know, I'll probably tweet something overreacting during the game because it won't be as smooth as I would like it to be. But I think it's going to be a slog. And I'm taking Chargers minus five and a half under 50 and a half points. My score prediction here is 26 to 20. Um, I think, you know, Chargers will score three touchdowns, two field goals, maybe a missed extra point just because the NFL is weird. And there's always something weird that happens like that. Um, And then Seattle, maybe two touchdowns, two field goals, something along that. Um, But that leads into my other two picks for the week. I have the Chargers team under at 27 and a half at minus 104. Again, I just don't see this team scoring 28 points in this game. Um, I'm very high on this offense, as I've already said, but there's still some injuries. They want to get to the bye week. Um, I think it's going to be a clock control, you know, just defense, lean on the defense, kind of just like a, a score 26 points and trust the defense to hold them to 20, pretty much. Um, and then my fourth pick, they actually don't have the lines up yet on FanDuel Sportsbook, but I just did whatever Austin Eckler's receiving yards ends up being, take the over, unless it's something crazy like 70 yards, but it'll probably be like, 34 and a half, 37 and a half, something in that range. Um, I'm taking the over. Like I said, it's Mike Williams and a bunch of practice squad receivers out there. No Josh Palmer. 
Unfortunately, more Sony Michelle. Hopefully, we get some Isaiah Spiller, but I think we'll see a little bit more Austin Eckler, especially going into the bye week. He's not going to be taking punishment next week. So we might see a snap count percentage go up 10, 15%. Um, and I think they're going to use him a lot in the passing game. I think he it's going to be another big Eckler game, I think. And I think he's going to break open at least one of these receptions for 30 yards. And that pretty much ensures the over. So whenever, if you are betting this game, you want to prop, whenever it opens the receiving yards, I would bet Eckler's over in that in this game. Um, so that's Chargers minus five and a half, under 50 and a half points, under 27 and a half team points for the Chargers. And then whatever Austin Eckler's receiving yards ends up being, take the over. Um, those are my four picks. We obviously got the bye week. If we can head into the bye week with a five and two record, that would be fantastic. Best case scenario, all the bad things that have happened to have a five and two record would be, you know, sublime. And we cannot complain about that, but we got to get the job done first. Um, that's all I got for you guys. Sorry for the, the cough uh, cut. Um, I couldn't hold it in. Remember, I'm sick. Uh, hopefully the Chargers get it done for me. Um, you don't need to play the world's smallest violin for me. Um, let's get back to the Chargers hat, guys. I don't know, Jason. I think somebody will find a way to complain about a five and two record. But uh, <laughs> but as uh, as always, excellent segment. Hey, yeah. What did he do? He showed his work. He showed his work. You love to see it. Show you, your work. You, so here's the another confusing part. Okay, you get back to back weeks. Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Everyone's point was, well, a field goal loses the game. If you give up a field goal, you lose. Mm-hmm. But they want us to be ultra-aggressive, call timeouts when our offense has done nothing, potentially give the ball back with time on the clock when a field goal would lose it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, make up your damn minds, guys. Like <laughs> They can't. Again, prove your, show your work. Be show consistent your work. with your complaints. Right. You wanted work. to be ultra-aggressive one week. He was. We won. You got mad. You want him to be more aggressive. He wasn't. Here's Kyle we still won. <laughs> show your work. <laughs> Kyle continuously showing his work. You love to see it. Um, uh, all right. Well, Jason, again, thank you for an awesome segment, and thank you for all those bet lines. Again, thanks, brother. They they wash over Let's me like the money. haters on YouTube, but uh, Let's they go make mean some money. something to somebody. Yes. Um, all right, folks. Well, we've got some bolt. Predictions to make now at the end of this episode. Let's start it off with Kyle, the show your work, Duggan. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, what are you thinking? Seattle Seahawks. Mine's more of a, I need this to hit for the future of our team. Like, I just think this would be such a big boost. I have it 21-13, Charger W with a JC Jackson interception. I just think that if he could get a pick, it's just, he just needs it so it badly for his confidence. Yeah. 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 It's just not even that. Like the wrongs are the wrongs. We're still four and two. It's just he needs to get confident again and start playing like the player that he is. For sure. And I think a pick does that for him pretty quick. I like it. Kev, what are we thinking? I'm going uh twenty eight seventeen Chargers. Um, and I got Keenan Allen gets a touchdown this week. He's gonna Ooh, play, he's Keenan's gonna score playing. a touchdown. I like that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go uh twenty four ten and I'm gonna say um, I'm gonna say Bryce Callahan gets an interception. He's reliable, dude. Bryce he's Callahan's one of the more been, reliable guys in our secondary. Yeah. So let's like gotta get we been a send him some love. Yeah, I'd like to see him uh, get an interception as well. So, um, all right, gang. Well, I think that's gonna do it for this episode of Charger Chat. Uh, any final thoughts there, guys? Let's go. Any more work you want to show? We're excited. We just we got <laughs> our um our tickets to a really awesome family that are going to be representing us in 307. Oh, so excellent. Super excited about that. Hope you guys enjoy the game. And uh guys, let's show up, get loud, 
just be just be the fun, happy, fun Charger fans we you know, we were at the beginning of the season. Let's have some. Fun. A reminder: this Sunday is Navy Blue Jersey Day. Oh, that's oh, right. Oh, yeah, oh, we oh, saw oh. they uh, they did the Navy bolt on the field already. It's primed and ready. They're practicing off. with the Navy helmet. The, the Navy the bolt on. on their helmet. Yeah, love it. Let's wrap. So if you got let's, the Navy merch, put it on for the game. Wear that's, it. That's the time to wear it, folks. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us here at Charger Chat. Don't forget to bolt up because we're ready for any squad, any place. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.